0: Hello and welcome to UCA News, weekly summary guiding you through news and information about and of interest to the Church in Asia. I'm John Lawrence. Missionaries of Charity Nuns observed the 25th death anniversary of St Mother Teresa with a special mass and prayers at her tomb and distribution of food among the poor in different parts of India on September the 5th. As part of the Jubilee celebrations, the Kolkata-based nuns have opened a daycare centre for school dropouts and street children. The centre will provide nutritious food, clothes and other basic requirements for the children and also arrange drawing classes and vocational courses. Archbishop Thomas de Souza of Kolkata said the missionary works Mother Teresa started for the poor, sick and destitute continue with the same zeal, fervour and spirit even 25 years after her death. Mother Teresa died of cardiac arrest on September 5th, 1997. Pope Francis declared her a saint in 20. 20- 2016. The congregation she founded in 1950 now has some 4,500 sisters and 700 homes in 136 countries around the world. Pakistan, Catholic and Protestant churches have set up relief camps to assist victims of the devastating flooding that killed more than 1,300 people, including 453 children. In Lahore, the Franciscan Sisters of the Heart of Jesus have been running a fundraising camp outside St Mary's Church where students help them collect donations, grocery items and clothes. At Liberty Roundabout in Lahore, Reverend Amjad Niamat, Chairman of the Ecumenism and Interfaith Harmony Commission of Presbyterian Church of Pakistan, offers biblical literature as a remedy at his relief camp for the flood affected. On Sunday, the Catholic Church made announcements for flood donations in church-run schools. Record monsoon rains and melting glaciers in northern mountains have triggered what is now considered the worst flooding in Pakistan's history, affecting 33 million people. The disaster has been blamed on climate change. A government study says Pakistan is among the 10 most vulnerable countries to climate change and ranks 14 among the 17 extremely High-water-risk countries. Rights and cultural activists have deplored and demanded justice over the latest attack on the ball mystic singers and termed their persecution a violation of religious freedom in Muslim-majority Bangladesh. The balls are followers of Lalon Shah, a 19th century Bengali mystic, philosopher and social reformer. Originating in the 17th century, they constitute both a religious sect and musical tradition. During the protest rally in southwestern Nareil district on Sunday, the activists condemned the attack on 70-year-old ball singer Harez Fakir and his followers by a Muslim mob in the district last month. The mob attacked the mystic singers, destroyed their musical instruments and threatened to evict them from their ashram. Activists said religious minorities, including the balls, have been facing increasing threats and attacks from hardline Muslims in recent years. Islamic fundamentalists consider balls as heretics and term their activities un-Islamic. Since 2011, a series of Islamist attacks have targeted Bulls with physical and verbal abuse, social humiliation and killings. Timor-Leste's first cardinal, Dom Vergilio do Carmo da Silva of Dili, said Pope Francis has confirmed his visit to the tiny Catholic-majority country. Speaking at a Thanksgiving Mass on Tuesday after his return home from Rome, Cardinal da Silva said the Pope spoke about his intention to visit the country during a private audience with him. Thousands of people attended the Thanksgiving Mass in Tazitolu, a historic landmark where Pope John Paul II celebrated Mass during his visit in 1989. The papal visit was considered a high boost for the state and church in Timor-Leste as the people at that time were still struggling for independence from Indonesia. Pope Francis was supposed to visit Timor-Leste, Indonesia and Papua New Guinea in September 2020. However, his trip was cancelled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. <music> A rights watchdog has accused China's communist regime under President Xi Jinping of suppressing thousands of people, including rights defenders and government critics, arbitrarily and repeatedly with house arrests by exploiting a draconian criminal law. Madrid-based Safeguard Defenders released a report titled Home Becomes Prison, China's Expanding Use of House Arrest Under Xi Jinping on Tuesday. The report accused Beijing of misusing the criminal procedure Procedure law and violating human rights by crushing dissent with house arrests and other forms of abuse. Chinese authorities have rampantly used house arrests, officially dubbed as RS or residential surveillance, to bar communication and isolate victims within their homes. Using government data, the group reported 5,549 cases of house arrest in the first year of President Xi Jinping's rule in 2013 and it jumped to 28,704 cases in the second year. In 2020, some 40,184 cases were recorded, about a 13% rise from the 35,509 cases registered in 2019. Catholic students in Indonesia have joined other groups to protest the massive hike in fuel prices and clashed with security forces who attempted to disperse protesters. The government has hiked the price of subsidised fuel by 30%, the highest in a decade. Critics say the price hike increases the burden on poor people who are still reeling from the impact of COVID-19 pandemic and soaring inflation. The fuel price hike comes against the backdrop that poverty has increased remarkably in the past years. Government data shows about 26 million Indonesians live in poverty, a rise from 24 million before the pandemic. President Joko Widodo announced the fuel subsidy reduction and declared a compensation cash transfer package of 40 US dollars for each poor family. However, critics say the compensation is insufficient as fuel price hikes have triggered prices of daily essentials, including food. Philippine President Ferdinand Marcos Jr. has sought official pardon for Filipino woman Mary Jane Veloso, who is on death row for a drug offence in Indonesia. During his first state visit to the country, the Philippine Department of Foreign Affairs on Monday confirmed that the case of Veloso was raised during talks between Marcos and his Indonesian counterpart, President Joko Widodo. The arrest and death conviction of Veloso sparked global outrage. She was arrested in Indonesia in 2010, carrying a suitcase lined with 2.6 kilograms—that's 5.6 pounds—of heroin. Veloso maintains she is innocent and was trapped in the offence. In 2015, she was moments away from execution when granted a temporary reprieve after a woman suspected of recruiting her was arrested in the Philippines. Human rights and anti-death penalty groups lauded Marcos for his efforts, although they awaited the details of negotiations and their outcome. Archbishop Paul Tshang in Nam, the outgoing apostolic nuncio of Myanmar, has urged the country's Catholic community to increase efforts to support people displaced by conflicts. The South Korean prelate made the remarks last Friday during a farewell programme at St Mary's Cathedral in Yangon. Archbishop Tshang has served in Thailand, Cambodia and Laos for ten years and was assigned to Myanmar in 2017. Pope Francis has appointed him as the apostolic nuncio to the Netherlands recently. The prelate hailed the local Catholic Church for humanitarian assistance to the needy and displaced people. Myanmar has been suffering from a multi-pronged crisis following last year's military coup. Thousands have been killed and arrested, while violence engulfed most regions, including the Christian-majority states of Kachin, Kaya, Karan and Chin, and central Myanmar's Bama Buddhist heartland. Military offensives have targeted churches and church-run facilities. However, the church and Catholic charity Caritas have continued to support affected communities. Church sources say about 50,000 to 100,000 internally displaced persons receive food aid from the church and thousands are sheltered in church-run facilities. Cambodian authorities have started repatriation of hundreds of foreign nationals who were allegedly duped by false promises of high-paid jobs and became victims of human trafficking. The trafficking rings have held them captives in the southern port town of Sihanoukville, where many were allegedly subjected to torture, such as electric shocks, for ransom. More than 600 have returned to Vietnam in recent weeks. Vietnamese government believes thousands of its citizens were still being held against their will in Cambodia. Meanwhile, the prosecutors have charged six Chinese and Cambodian suspects with human trafficking after more than 100 victims were rescued in 12 days. The suspects are accused of smuggling 35 Chinese nationals into Sihanoukville by sea. In Taiwan, prosecutors have indicated nine suspects for allegedly luring 88 people to Cambodia. A dozen countries, from Pakistan and India to Mongolia and the Philippines, have lodged complaints with Cambodia about the trafficking of their nationals following the latest wave which erupted early this year. That's all we have time for today. Go to ucanews.com for daily stories, commentaries, interviews, opinions and directories of dioceses in Asia. To continue to keep this free, help us by contributing at ucanews.com donate. Filed by UCAN reporters, compiled and edited by Rock Ronald Rosario and Anosh Malikar. Today's producer is Binu Alex. Until next week, ciao.